0: Log Talk Radio. Continue the teaching series, Messages from Beyond the Veil. Well, I want to talk to you today, continuing on the subject we have been discussing this last few weeks, um, on how to prepare for the huh, what's coming upon us like a freight train. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about where we are, the need to place our trust in God like never before, and many other things I want to share with you. Earlier today, a precious, a precious sister sent me something that um, I wanted to share with you because this is a sign. In the heavens, Jesus spoke about signs in the heavens that there would be many of those before he returned and I think this one is a biggie and there have been uh, several solar eclipses in the recently in in recent years and on April 8 twenty twenty four this year there's going to be another one a total eclipse a total eclipse. Uh, will cross the United States and uh, <clears throat> this is the second one since August 2017, uh, the second solar eclipse and um, what that means is that it's under seven years right under seven years these two eclipses have happened and there was another one an annular eclipse on, on October of 2023, October 14. And um, the paths of these three eclipses form uh, two letters from the Hebrew alphabet, which I I thought it was pretty pretty fascinating. The letter Aleph and the letter Tav. Look at them in the map. That's That's what it's written there. The two Hebrew letters. And those two Hebrew letters represent the beginning and the end. The beginning and the end. And uh, is the Almighty trying to t- tell us something? Is he trying to share a message with you? And so this is, um, this is something that is, uh, I mean, if you look at the, at a map with the, with the three uh, s- s- solar eclipses that came by, it makes an X on the United States and informs these two Hebrew letters. The beginning and the end. And um, I thought that was very interesting and I wanted to share that with you because uh, this is uh, these are signs that are happening these are signs that are happening uh, right in our midst right now in this country. (coughs) And um, (coughs) Of course solar eclipses is uh, when, when there are signs of solar eclipses that's talking about judgment on the, on, the, on the world. When there are lunar eclipses, according to the Bible traditions, it has to do and uh, Jewish traditions it has to do with judgments on Israel and the nation of Israel. and so these are solar eclipses right on this nation of the United States. And so could we be approaching a time of uh, decision here in the United States? I think so. Me think so, me knows so. And so I want to talk to you about some of the things that are getting ready to happen. Uh, But first I want to tell you, that uh, and talk to you a little bit about, you know, how we need to live by faith. <clears throat> There's a scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 38, that says the just shall live by faith. And uh, he was talking more about, he wasn't just talking about salvation of faith. The Apostle Paul, who I believe wrote the book of Hebrews, was talking about something much more. He was basically telling us that faith is going to be crucial to our existence, our daily existence, and it includes everything that we are and everything we do, and uh <clears throat> We are to live through both good and bad times by trusting um, our lives in him. That's the only way. And um, God has always kept and he has always protected those who fully trust in him. And in times of crisis, in times of need, in times of danger. So in the troubled times ahead, we are going to need a settled we're going to need to have a settled, strong faith, because otherwise we're not going to be able to please the Lord. Paul, in one of his letters to Timothy, he warned him to hold the faith and to be of good conscience. And, to, and um, <clears throat> he said that, you know, some have put away their faith and have shipwrecked. This is in First Timothy 1.19. There's a lot of Christians, unfortunately, today that have done just that. Has put away their faith. And they are Christians by name only. They don't actually live it out. And being a Christian is much more than just praying and uh, reading the Bible. It's, that is part of it, but it's not all of it. It is on our daily lives. How do we comport ourselves? How do we behave ourselves? How do we, how do we deal with others? Do we deal Christ-like with others? Do we deal with them um, the way Christ would do? Um, or do we deal with them like the world? Do we handle people with love? Do we treat people with love? So, <clears throat> do we treat people like others, like we would like to be treated? There's a lot of things that go on into um, being a Christian, and so um, when people encounter life's problems, they end up and uh, they end up in despair, they because they cannot handle it, and this is why another scripture in the Book of Jude. And uh, verse 20, he says, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So what he was saying, basically, Apostle Jude was that you're going to have to have a healthy faith. You're going to have to have a strong faith in you, in your heart. You're going to have to have it anchored in your heart and start building your faith from there on. And so right now where we are on this planet, this is not the time to have a wavering faith. This is not the time to waver. This is not the time to be tossed to and fro. This is not the time to doubt. No, sir. On the contrary. This is a time to lay hold of faith and to build up your confidence in God through prayer and the study of his word and living according to his word. So that we are not just, uh, you know, we are not just readers of the word, but we are doers of the word and not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We have to put into practice what we read in the Word of God. That is something that not many Christians do. Not many Christians do. Otherwise, these events that are coming upon the world, they're going to overwhelm you. You won't be able to handle it. And when the storm begins to rage and the winds of panic begin to toss around you it's going to it's going to mess you up it's going to be you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to you're going to basically get into a panic and uh you'll be tempted to maybe get into a spirit of fear and uh it could shipwreck your faith and then you could end up all Uh, bitter and uh, defeated. So we are in this hour where the economy is collapsing, in this country at least, is collapsing. And in the Western world, in Europe, Europe right now is totally corrupted. It's dominated by the same kinds of people that are dominating this country and many other countries in the world. And Israel. Oh yeah, let's not forget Israel. Let's not forget Israel. Those those people out there, there's Christians that think that Israel is perfect. And all the judgment is gonna fall on America and Israel is gonna it's it's scot free because is Israel Israel is perfect. Israel is God's chosen people and therefore they're already saved and perfect. And I'm telling you There's a lot of preachers. I hear them all the time, and they talk like that. They talk about the Jews and the Christians. Well, (laughs) why, why, why? I mean, the Jews and the Christians. Basically, this is the fact, and I'm going to say this, and it may get a few people upset, or maybe a lot of people upset. I don't know. I don't care, because I'm telling you the truth. I speak with the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Just because you are born in a country does not make you a child of God. Just because you are born in uh, Spain doesn't make you a child of God. Just because you are born in in the United States doesn't make you a child of God. By the same token, just because you are born in Israel does not make you a child of God. I just killed a sacred cow right there. A lot of Christians don't believe that. Then if the Jews are not supposed to be saved, if they don't need to be saved, then why did Jesus preach the gospel to them first? He went to the Jews first to get them saved first. I have even heard preachers that preach that the Jews don't need salvation. The gospel of salvation is not for the Jews. There is so much heresy, so much heresy by very well-known preachers which I am not going to name because that's not for me to do that's for the almighty and he has forbidden me from naming names and getting into arguments and all that stuff I I don't do that but I am telling you I am warning you about false doctrine and that is a false doctrine that is a doctrine of demons that such and such just because they are of a race does not need salvation that is wrong if, they're in, in their, if they were born in Israel, they still need Jesus. The same as if they were born in Spain, the same as if they were born in Cuba, the same as if they were born in the United States. Only Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And then the, the preachers that say the Jews and the Christians, and then they, 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 they call Christians and they throw everybody in there, if you go to a church on Sunday and then the rest of the week live like the devil, you're a Christian. And that is not true. So, these kind of general terminologies that are used when we talk about, you know, God and God protecting his people. Listen, God will protect his people. And let me, let me qualify and quantify that. His people are those that are born again of his spirit, those that are following him, walking with him, fellowshipping with him, and live living his life, living the gospel out in this life. They are they are they are Christians from the book of Acts. They are the remnant bride. They are the ones that follow the Lamb wherever He goeth. They are disciples of the Lamb. Everybody else who says they're Christians only because they confess it, and they don't live like it. They live like the world. You couldn't tell the difference between the two. You could not. Many of them smoke. Many of them drink. Many of them cuss. Many of them run around with other women and other men. Many of them gossip and criticize and tear down others. And they call themselves Christians. That ain't going to cut it. That's not going to cut it, folks. When these storms begin to rage and the winds begin to pound and begin to whip all around you and panic begins to set upon you, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna, you're not gonna know what to do, and you're gonna end up shipwrecked. And so, the faith of the people is being, at this time, right now, it is being severely tested, and, and, and this is just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. The Lord warned me many times about tests and trials that were coming. I had an experience just a few years ago where I was in a big church, and I was trying to, you know, the pastor was inviting people to, um, you know, share a word or a prophecy or a testimony, and everybody was just, you know, saying how blessed they are, blah, 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 and and they were laughing and just having a time, you know, it's like a social club. And I was there just sitting in my seat just and I raised up my hand. I mean, this was very real. This was very real. It's like I was there. I mean, I was really there. And he wouldn't call on me, this pastor. A seeker-friendly church, seeker-friendly pastor which is the majority of the churches in America and the Western world. And finally he saw, I had my hand up, and he called on me, you know, motioning for me to, you know, share whatever was in my heart. And I stood up, and this is what came out of my heart. This is what came out of my spirit. It it was coming from inside of me. It was God Almighty speaking through me. I had never had that experience before. It was the Almighty speaking through me to the people and the pastor. And this is what came out of my mouth. I had no idea what I was going to say, but this is what I said, which I believe I spoke in God's behalf, in the behalf of the Most High, in the behalf of the Lord to the church. And so when I stood up, And I began to open my mouth. This is what came out. Get ready to be tested. I didn't know what I had just said, but that's exactly what came out of my mouth. Get ready to be tested. And then I said, and when you're being tested, keep your eyes on the Lord. And that was the end. I woke up. A lot of people hear this, and it's just like another, another dream, another word. Listen, people, <clears throat> I don't just give little words. I'm not like some of these other uh, prophetic voices out there that every day they have something to say. No, no, no. I don't do that. The Lord speaks to me, and when he does... Is usually in a dream or a vision, sometimes when I am awakened and I can feel it going through all my body, I don't go by you know by the little voice inside you know that i I think he said that you know i, I don't do that because I see many times where uh, you know prophets have failed, prophets have missed it, they have missed it by a long shot, because it's very, very easy. It's very, very easy to transition from, and I do it. I have words many times for people. People come up to me for words, and I give them. But it is very, very easy, even, 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 listen to me closely, even for seasons. And people should not go around calling themselves prophets just because they they have been in the ministry for just a few years, and they have the gift of prophecy, and they have some of the gifts. There's a big difference between this, the, the the gift of prophecy and the ministry of a prophet, one of the fivefold ministry. It's very, very, very different. And I have taught on that a lot. It's very different. The office of a prophet from just uh, you know having the the gift of prophecy uh, or being in the in the trainings in the training years of your prophetic uh, training, which I call them. Profits in training, profits in the pit, and there's a lot of that, of that, and there's a lot of that going on. But no, the, the people out there, they don't have they don't have the common sense to know the difference between one and the other. They toss everybody into the same pile, <laughs> whether they are just in the Lord for a, three years or one year, and they have a gift. Yes, they have a gift. It's raw. It's a diamond in the rough, but it hasn't been perfected yet, and they don't know these things, and they call themselves prophets, and yet I have, seen, I have seen very mature prophets make mistakes because they go from the small, still voice of the Lord, and then they go right into their own emotional, uh, if you will, their own emotional life. And their mind, and, and you know, and, and they conflate the two, and they conflate the two, and and, and, and those that are, those that are uh, mature in the Lord, those that have discernment, and those that have been uh, ex- exercising their, their 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 senses in the discerning of good and evil, those that have been trained, those that are, are have experience in this, pick it up immediately. You can pick it up. You can pick up the, the, the shift in the wind. You can pick it up instantly. At least I have picked it up. The moment they shift from the anointing of the Lord, you know, when God is speaking, they shift from that to speaking. And so, and then they get into error. And then they get into all kinds of carnal, fleshly stuff. And this is what is going on. But the majority of the Christians out there, they cannot tell the difference between the two. If they hit him in the face with a two by four. Help us, Jesus. And so at this very hour, this is happening. And so I'm sharing you this because when the Lord gives me something like this, like I just shared with you, the experience in the church, listen, you can take that to the bank. There is no ifs or buts about it. It's done. And that's why I share it. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's over. There's no ifs or doubts or buts about it. And I knew it in my heart. But because the church, Christians, are so now, are so inundated with so many prophecies and so many dreams and so many this and so many that, they cannot tell now what is real and what is not, what is from God and what is not. We are living in a very dangerous time, very dangerous time, very dangerous time. Because they don't know how to test, they don't know how to test, how to judge prophecy. They, the Bible teaches us to judge prophecy. Many people don't know how to do that. They don't even know, they don't even judge themselves. We examine ourselves every week during the communion. The Bible teaches us to examine ourselves. We do that in every communion that we have on the mailbag show. But some people don't, don't like to do that. Some people don't like to judge themselves. They don't like to judge anything because they say Jesus you know, said not to judge. Yeah, but that's not what Jesus was talking about, precious people. Jesus was not talking about judging prophecy or judging doctrine. He was talking about judging people. Which I don't do. I don't do that. That's what Jesus was talking about. Judging people. Judging people based on this. Based on their color. Based on their race. Based on their whatever. This is different. This is different based on their sex. Okay? Jesus said do not judge them like that. If you're going to judge, judge righteously. And what is judging righteously is saying, I do not, uh, what, you're, what you're doing and what you're saying is wrong. And what you have done is wrong. But God loves you. And I love you as a human being that Jesus died for. That's how you handle that. Let me continue because time is a ticking. There are many believers now in the world, Christian believers, that are being severely tested, they're being persecuted, and if we hear their testimonies and we hear what is happening there, it has strengthened them. It has strengthened the faith of most Christians. Sometimes I get the magazine, The the Voice of the Martyrs, and I, and I don't have time to read, all, to read through it all the time, but I read just bits and pieces sometimes. And the things that I hear in, in there and the things that I see in there, some of the things that these people are going through, Christians all over the world, in China, in Africa, you name it, it's incredible. It's incredible. And so this has strengthened their faith. It has caused them to walk more Christ-like. So our spiritual fathers knew that this kind of faith was going to be required right before Jesus' return. In the book of Psalms, chapter 22, let's go there, book of Psalms, chapter 22, <clears throat> So we go there, Look up Psalms, chapter 22. We're going to read in verse 4 and 5. It says, Our Father trusted in you, Lord. He's talking about the Almighty. They trusted and you did deliver them. They cried unto you and they were delivered. They trusted in you and they were not disappointed. So this is talking about a people that knew their God. These people were not confused when the storms came upon them and hit them. They knew God would make a way for them. They knew God was faithful. And he somehow, somehow, some way, he would make a way. And so one of these um, people that David referred to was Abraham. This is, uh, let's go there real quick, because this is very, very, very powerful. The book of Romans, chapter 4, in um, in verse 20 and 21. He says, this is talking about Abraham, okay? In verse 20, he says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. So you see, Abraham, he did not stagger and and that is very very interesting where there stagger that word staggered the greek word diakrino which means to uh to doubt to contend to waver he did not waver he did not stagger he did not uh Hesitate. Tiger not at the promise. In other words, he had total, complete confidence that what the Lord had promised him, he would bring it to pass. That's why he's called the father of faith. He said he considered not his own body now dead. He was about a hundred years old. Listen to me. A hundred years old all, neither yet the deadness of Sarah, Sarah's womb. He didn't, he didn't doubt that because he was 100 years old and Sarah was dead in her womb. He didn't doubt that God was able to do a miracle then. That's faith. In the natural, if you use your rational brain, you're going to say, eh, not possible. Eh, not going to happen. Eh, nothing do it. That's your rational mind. That's your worldly mind. And if you think like that, you are never going to receive anything from God, anything. Are you listening? If you look at the spiritual things of God with a, not, with a rational, carnal mind, you will not be able to move in faith. You cannot move in faith. And you can move with a rational mind, analyzing everything through your rational mind. You cannot do both at the same time. You cannot do both at the same time. You have to deal with the spiritual things spiritually, and you have to deal with rational things, which, I mean, you know, things, you know, if something breaks in the house, that you're not going to solve that with prayer. You know, you're going to have to get and fix it. That's a rational, uh, earthly Uh, problem that you have to take care of in the the natural, okay? And there are things like that, you know? Nobody's going to cut your grass if you don't do it yourself. Nobody's going to plant that seed in your yard so you get a, a a tree if you don't do it. You follow what I'm saying? You cannot ask an angel of God to come down and do that for you. So there are things that fall on your shoulders to do. But there are things which only God can do, and there are things which are spiritual, and you have to have the discernment, the spiritual sharp discernment to know between the two. Praise God. So Paul also said uh, Abraham as an example of someone who fully trusted God. A man who was convinced that God would be faithful to fulfill his word in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. And um, everybody would like to have that kind of faith. Never waver. Always persuade it. And um, whenever doubt comes to you you, 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 you put it down yet such a faith is not it's not easy this kind of faith this kind of faith only comes when we have endured testing after testing after testing and failure after failure after failure and come out triumphant failure does not mean defeat failure only means that you did not succeed and you try again you know how many times Benjamin Franklin failed trying to <laughs> trying to come up with electricity? I, I, I don't have the figure in front of me, but it's staggering how many times he failed. But he did not give up. He did not give up. Some of you out there, you fall and you get mud in your face and you're already crying and you already want to quit. And uh, that's not going to cut it it's going to take more faith than that and and i'm talking about young christians i'm not talking about old christians that are sick and uh, you know they have gone through hell and you know and they're just saying just take me home jesus you know i i can understand something like that but uh, but you know a young christian in the in the <laughs> when they're you know young strong christians you know and they're at that point uh no, you're going to have to you're going to have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you're going to have to get get over that, and you have to going to have to take care of your of your problems. You're going to have to take care of it and uh, start a walk in faith. And so, of course, I know that this is the, this is not politically correct preaching or teaching, however you want to call it. Nowadays, everything is, you know, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, you know, and everything will work out, you know, and he he, he loves you and everything will work out. But let me tell you something, precious people, you have to put your shoulder and move that boulder out of your road, out of the path. You're going to have to push. You're going to have to get that boulder, get that rock out of your path yourself. The Lord ain't gonna do everything. And so Peter also talked about endure the trials of our faith in First Peter one seven. He talks about there first Peter one seven. Um, um he talks there and um uh, he says that the trial of your faith let's go let's go back up uh, um um I mean that I mean that whole chapter is beautiful, okay? Let's start in verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Isn't that beautiful? who are kept by the power of God. This is talking about you folks, us, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In which you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you are in heaviness through many full trials. See there? He's telling them (laughs) maybe for a little while, if it needs to be, You're going to be in heaviness through trials, many trials. And then he says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, this is what awaits us at the end of our faith, even the salvation of your souls. So he was saying, Peter was, that those that endure the fires and the difficult times will emerge as those that are kept through the power of God through faith. And in these last days, God is going to reveal that group of people. That group of people that have done this and do this, who have faith, unshakable faith. They are an example of living by faith. And uh, they're not afraid of the perilous times. They're not afraid of that because they trust in him. And um, faith is, a, is, is an abandoning of oneself to the promises of God. Abraham, before God changed his name to Abraham, he was, he was a good man. He was a righteous man. He started out his, his, his walk, his journey by simple faith, simple, obedient faith. But then the Almighty commanded him said, get, get out of your country and from your kindred, that means from your family, from your relatives, from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. That's in Genesis 12.1. And Abraham obeyed him without question. And this is always where faith begins, precious people, with a call to abandon yourself to the will of God And the leading of the Lord. And he told Abraham. He told Abraham simply go. I'll show you the way. He didn't tell Abraham. Where he was going to take him. He didn't name a country. He didn't name a city. He didn't name a destination. No. He didn't do any of these things. He didn't tell Abraham all the hard. Things that he was going to have to go through. All the hardships. No. Abraham was going to have to do this by faith. He simply told Abraham to leave his comfort zone and take a leap of faith into the unknown with him. He told Abraham, basically, Abraham, you're going you're gonna to have a new way of living. You're gonna, you have lived a good life so far. You have lived a settled, uh, comfortable life. But now you're going to have to face unsettling times, and you're going to have to deprive yourself of things. Uh, don't worry. I give you everything you need, but you have to trust me every step of the way. This was no small thing. This was a big calling to Abraham, to Abraham. He had family, he had servants, he had responsibilities. Now he was being asked to pull up stakes and venture into the unknown. This was not a little light thing to do. To pick up, pull up your roots and go blindly by faith to some place where you did not even know where he was going to take you. That's the call Abraham received from God. And God, and And God gave Abraham a promise. He said, I'm going to make you the father of a whole different race of people. You're going to see people that are going to walk like you, completely by faith, a nation. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to be a blessing to many nations. This is the promise God made Abraham. He called Abraham to walk by faith and uh, not by sight. And um, I remember when God called me into this ministry, I was pastoring in Miami, Florida. And uh, the Lord had been dealing with me about this for some time, but I didn't want to obey. I would be lying. I would be lying to you if I told you I wanted to obey I did not want to obey my flesh did not want to obey my self will did not want to obey, and then the lord made <clears throat> made made things a little a little difficult right there where I was, you know, nothing major, just a little difficult, <laughs> just enough to, you know, where he makes you feel a little uncomfortable, right? And uh, so I started seeking him. I started seeking him. Then I began to feel like the, God had passed me, like, you know, where that I was not supposed to be there. I was not supposed to be there. And um, I began to seek him with fastings and prayings. I did a lot of fasting back then, a lot of fasting. A lot of fasting back then. And then one night I went to a church and uh, I think it was a Wednesday night. I can't remember. I think it was. With my wife. This little church... uh, a little distance from where I lived. And uh, I had, you know, someone had mentioned this brother to me. He was a young preacher. And, uh, you know, I went there to listen to him. It was a small church, a small congregation. And I sat in the back there with my wife and just listened. And uh, that day, uh, something happened. Uh, and that, that man was preaching a message about the just shall live by faith and walking by faith and how, you know, uh, and some of the scriptures that I shared with you. And, um, and, and before, you know, before everybody left, my wife and I got up and left, you know, I didn't want to shake hands or do anything like that. I just felt like I received what I came to hear. And we went back home and I went to bed. And that night, I had a powerful encounter with Jesus Christ. I saw him. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. He had prepared a, um, a picnic for just him and me. I saw a blanket on the floor, beautiful green pastures. And he was just there waiting for me with a smile on his face. I will never forget it, never. And as I sat down and he began to talk to me, all of a sudden, I was taken into this vision. And, uh, and I, I haven't shared this much, but I think it's time to share it. And he began to share with me how it was time. He was telling me it was time for me to leave that place. Leave the church, leave that city, leave my family, leave my friends, leave everything I had ever known. I had lived there for 26 years or so. And he basically told me, take your wife and your little girl and leave. And whatever belongs to you, t- take your stuff and leave. Leave and um, and then I said, where, where do I go? Where do I go? And then he told me, you will know. And I said, can I go to, you know, two counties up? And he said, no. I said, can I go three counties up? He said, no. I said, you know, and, and I kept going like that, and then he eventually said, that's too close. I'm going to take you further away. You'll know. And I said, but, you know, I, and I continue to argue with him, you know, but I, 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 my wife, my little girl, you know, I have bills to pay. I, and he said, and, and that's when he said, he just, he, just, uh, he just blew me away. I mean, there are some things sometimes when God talks to you, he makes you feel so, so little, not in a bad way, but in the sense that, don't you trust me? That's how I felt like, don't you trust me, son? And then he said, I am not a miserable God. And then he said, I know how to bless my servants. And um, he said, you will lack nothing. And he showed me many other things, which I will not share this time, but I obeyed him. I was just bawling like a little baby. And he said to me, this bridge you're going to have to cross by faith. <laughs> and, uh, and so we left. I did not waver after that. I did not hesitate. He sent others. He sent. He sent a young man who used to sometimes play the piano for us at the church. He came one time uh, a, a day or two after that, or the same day. He came and said, "God just sent me. I was in prayer and said, go and, tell, go and tell Augusto Perez that uh, not to be uh, concerned about anything, to go in faith. That I have. I have. I have you. I will protect you, and I will.'" I will provide for you and I will guide you. And he didn't know anything. He did not know anything that I had received uh, that night. And uh, and so, long story short, that's, where, that's why, and that's when I left. When I left that, that church. I resigned, immediately resigned as pastor, and we left. Left basically penniless because... Uh, I didn't have anything. Uh, I only have, I think it was, the little money I had in the bank. Uh, that's all I had, and I took that with me. And uh, and then I had to, you know, find places to preach here and there. It's a long story, which is in my book, uh, Smile, Jesus Loves You. If you want to read the whole story, it's there in Amazon. But uh, I, think, I think you get an idea. And uh, it was not easy, folks. It was not easy. And uh, it's all in the book there. A lot of things we had to go through. My wife, bless her heart, she was right along there beside me. She never complained. Oh, maybe once, but <laughs> it's normal. I mean, and uh, we ate a lot of tuna and, and, you know, a lot of tuna sandwiches. And uh, we did a lot of walking. I tell you how much. But you know what? We were all skinny. Hey, that's good stuff. We were all skinny and unhealthy. And And, uh, and my daughter still to this day remembers how it was back in those days. But as I close, I want to share with you uh, something else that, uh, you know, and we've been talking a little bit about, about, um, you know, the incoming uh, nemesis. This thing is going to shake people to their foundation, folks. And um, you know, it's incoming. It is incoming. And uh, a lot of people have no idea about this. And uh, NASA has just discovered a sunspot cluster. This came out February 13th. What was that? Two days ago? NASA discovers a sunspot cluster and risk rises for a freight power grid. This came out of Charisma. My Charisma. And uh, basically saying that NASA had discovered a large cluster of sunspot, sunspots or dark spots on the sun that have grown in size over the last month and could increase the risk of the Earth experiencing strong solar flares. And uh, anyway, it talks about the magnetic fields of the sunspots are thousands of times more powerful than Earth's. And and so as this is happening, we are seeing more uh, volcanoes erupting, We're seeing earthquakes. The West Coast just had a couple of earthquakes. We're seeing floods. We're seeing all kinds of this uh, weird phenomena taking place. There are a lot of weird phenomena happening in the skies as well, folks. And uh, the storms are going to grow in incredible proportions. Uh, You know, the, uh, the jet streams are changing. The jet streams are messed up. The uh, magnetic ge- uh, magnetosphere of the church is being impacted by these solar flares and by what is going on with this incoming planet. And uh, this is going to be a cosmic solar event, folks. And this is what I shared with you before about Garabandal, Fatima, the Hopi Indians. All of these people basically predicted the same thing, what they saw. What they were shown, and uh, Jesus said it. It says the sign in the sun, the moon, and the stars; the earth, uh, the waves roaring, tossing; men's hearts fainting for terror. What is coming on the earth? This it was all predicted in the Word of God by Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. And then, and then, and then he says there will be signs in the in the in the in the heavens, and uh, this is again another warning that he's going to give a final act of mercy. And I talked about this. Garabandal, they were shown, the children were shown, Farima were shown, many of these other tribes were shown. And, um, you know, this this is um, what a lot of people do not understand is that this nemesis, this, this uh, mini solar system is pushing and dragging a lot of and uh when this when this comes close to the earth and it will reach perihelion sometime this year and and uh, you know in the middle of the year towards the end of the year uh according to marshall masters and his his astronomy uh research team they have told him that uh and I, and, and this man has spent all of his life on this subject and I appreciate his work. And, um, anyway, you know, he has some other beliefs, you know, a kind of new agey, but, but, but that's fine. You know, that's that he believes in God. He believes in Jesus Christ. He believes in God. He calls him the creator and he believes in Jesus Christ, the savior. So, you know, uh, but the, the, the scientific part is spot on. And, um, and so this is what I believe is going to cause the sun to be darkened. And the sun is already beginning to experience, folks. According to this report that I just read you, uh, according to this report I just read you about the, uh, the NASA, this is not this is not a, 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 a uh, an amateur astronomer that discovered. No, 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 NASA. Okay, National Aeronautics. Okay. The United States NASA discovered sunspot cluster and they're talking about how this is going to impact and cause the risks to rise in the earth and for solar flares to affect this planet. And uh, and he says that um uh, that uh, that as this happens and the sun's surface grows more active and serious anomalies take place this is going to impact communication satellites the earth um, I mean you're seeing it so you 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 add that to what man is doing to make this happen <laughs> artificially because they want this to happen they want to accelerate this to depopulate the earth is it doesn't look too too good uh Anyway, that's all I have time to share with you. I'll share more next time. I pray and trust that this has been a blessing to you. Until next time, God bless you. This is Augusto Perez saying shalom.